0: And we're live! Hey ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 126 of the Fans of Power podcast. I'm Tyler Baker as always and also as always Joe Mondo is here with us, the mass avenger himself.
1: <laughs> there you, you know,
0: go. From the, the the massive high from episode 125 and if you had not listened to it, get your ass on YouTube and, and watch that before you watch this one but our, yes. our interview with... Mark and Rebecca Taylor was, um, you know, and we, we hope they're catching this as well. It was just uh, unbelievable. Feedback was great. People were so thankful and grateful that that we did that interview and um, it just the info that they gave to us, especially about the the book of new stories that's coming in the in the uh, near future. Not just Mark's book that's going to contain some of that, but more stories that he's going to be putting out. God, it was just a bombshell of of just. Amazing information, and God, it was just not enough time in the world to, to do it. We really, I mean, to get even more. So,
1: no, I mean, definitely T Rex. That was a that was a roller coaster ride. It was so great just hearing everything they had to say, and then of course we hit them with our questions. And like you said, that was like it was just scratching the surface. There's still so many things we wanted to ask them, but you know, they definitely they will be back. We'll have them on again, and we'll cover a lot more questions. But to know, like you said, he is working on, you know, some books. Like the first one, he said, maybe wouldn't have illustrations. And I think he said the second one possibly could. And I know that the cover for, did he say the cover of the first one, that Axel would be doing the cover for that, Axel Jimenez?
0: doing the uh, Mark's actual first book. And then and then I, I'd assume, you know, with the, 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 the book that contains the actual stories, that uh, Axel would definitely probably. I'm just assuming, you know, but I think it, w- it would be, you know, out of, out of line to assume Axel would be contributing to that one as well, if not the cover illustrations going on in the inside of the book. If Mark was wasn't going to do something along and just keep his focus on just the stories and have Axel do like a, a one page black and white illustration of some kind, like spread throughout the book to kind of help give you an idea of. He Man approaching Gray Skull or discovering what that uh, symbol was on the trapdoor or something like that.
1: Everything, yeah, because he said we'll be we finding out the secrets of what was in there and all those stickers and the cardboard cutouts and other things and and other characters he has, just to know that we're going back to where it all started, where the magic began. You know, the person who created it is coming back to give us more of those stories that we remember when we, you know, that we loved so much when we were kids. But now new stories. I mean, how fantastic! Especially in a time when there is nothing going on. It's like this is perfect. But hell, even if the was something even if there was a new cartoon for He-Man or even a movie out, just to know this is happening has got my juices flowing more. Because Honestly, this is how it-
0: I'm. I, I'm. I don't think I could be any more excited. I mean, because just I've given up on the idea that anybody in Hollywood is remotely interested in giving us a good He-Man movie or giving us a new cartoon series that does it justice. What Mark is doing here, we couldn't ask for anything better than to get serious fantasy stories. And uh, it just – it's taking the the mythology in a different direction the way it was intended to be. So that way people who have – this is different. Like, well, yeah, because the creator intended it to be this way from the beginning. And obviously he got changed, you know, throughout the years and things like that. So that's why I felt like we couldn't get anything better from Hollywood. No,
1: because, I mean, what's great about this is not only is it reaching all the Masters of the Universe fans that have been, you know – been around since the beginning and are so passionate about it, but this could reach even a a newer set of fans because I'm part of a lot of groups that are like Conan groups savage warrior groups and they will always give mention to some of the masters of the universe stories Which are some of the earlier things whether it's the stories or the depiction of the characters Something that gives them a feel where they think oh, this is a little more fantasy like, you know, whatever it may be But to know you could then bring and target them and suck them in because what rebecca did was she shared with me a few days ago And I put it online and people just loved it. I mean, it was just amazing She showed an early version that mark did of Manny Faces. And we know that, you know, we've seen a lot of his concepts before of Manny Faces, other characters, but this one had like, it almost was alien like, like it had like a, like this long back of its head, and then you turn around and it's another part of the face. But she said the name of this character that Mark called him is Segway. And I guess I, not to, no pun intended, but to segue into another kind of idea, could you imagine if Mark was able to talk with some toy company and was able to give us? all the concepts, all his ideas, ones that were never turned into toys to have them into figure form, whether if it was something reminiscent of the old five and a half inch He-Man style bodies or something else, but something like maybe Mark Taylor's fantasy warriors. I mean, could you imagine buying new figures based off of all of his concepts? Those things I think would sell like hotcakes. Oh
0: God. I, 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 I don't, I don't know how to respond to that. And, and, and the, the, in a sense, I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> just like with with the book. I'll you know, give, here's the money. I mean, you know, give give me more Mark stuff in toy form, whether it's in vintage, vintage scale or hell even with the classics form. I mean, I I wouldn't care because you know, I Mark Mark for all I care could be given. All right, Mark, we're going to task you with designing five new heroes and five new villains. We don't care where you put them, we don't care what they look like. Just give us 10 total new characters, 5 heroes, 5 villains. Nothing's wrong putting on paper yet. I will give them my pre-order money. I I mean it's it's a lock. It's it's like it's a guaranteed, you know, gold mine. It's 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 the best bet you could possibly have. Everybody wins and and uh I just it's it's unquestionable. You put him and Rebecca in charge of this. We hope they're listening to this. We're we're just gonna praise the hell out of you too. You two were the sweetest people. People were were saying the same thing. They were and we can't thank you enough for your contributions. You're not here with us right now, but hopefully you, you, you do listen to this and we um we can't thank you guys enough for, for what you did for us last weekend, not to mention all your efforts that have brought us here today again. And yeah, um, there's nothing
1: but praise and positivity from the fans and everywhere. All the response was
0: because it was like I, you so said they hear this. I want to know more about that canceled Coney the Barbarian line, and more about working on Clash of the Titans there, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great. I'm not, I'm not done asking questions about those two toy lines, so we get yeah. Because I
1: especially yeah, I like when you stood up for Clash of the Titans. You're like, hey,
0: now wait a second, I do like my Clash of the Titans. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> no, because it, you just don't hear people talk about that movie that much, and when you know to say that he worked on that, like, wait, wait, say what? Yeah, you know, he's like, I hated it, and I'm like, what? Are you? You can't say that. And of course, <laughs> Like he had every right to say he hated working on that or hated the line because he worked on it and I'm like oh this is great man. But, I, no, I, it was, it was.
1: And I did you know, love the movie. I did love that movie. though. I did love the Clash of the Titans movie. I did enjoy that growing up. I remember it.
0: But um, God, yeah, I'd love to ha- I'd love to see. I mean, that that segue. I want that as a classics figure or a vintage figure. Anything. Um, was it Stalker and. Um, what was the other character that that was recently named, like a, a month or two? Mine
1: was that the Mime character or Um Mime yeah. or, or is that Yeah, that's what I mean. There were so many, and I know yeah. that they said they have so much more.
0: Yeah, I mean, God, I, I mean, it's I don't, I don't, you know, I, I really like. How can how can you, as a He-Man fan, say you would want these designs as figures?
1: And you know what's even greater is not only the figures, but like you said, the stories that we're going to be, you know, seeing eventually, and even the ones that aren't illustrated, the first ones that start off, it's going to be that thing that, like we said, we used to use our imagination. Sometimes when you just read the story, you didn't have pictures, or even the ones that still, like some of the early mini-comics that were just one page with a picture, a whole bunch of text. And you had to use your imagination for the rest of the stuff that they're describing. You know, that's what's great. It kind of, you know, draws and sucks you into the story even more that you have to create these images and what's going on. But even when he gives us something illustrated, again, it's just still going to be more of what could have been, you know, like what could have been back then. If Mark would have stayed or, you know, stayed with the line and did more stuff and gave more of his character. You characters.
0: know what it means with you saying this? This means that when he goes back and does this, or obviously he's working on. It, I mean, weren't we told that Zodak was initially designed to be kind of a bounty hunter?
1: I th- I think you know see, and that's the he, thing is
0: this- these stories now and now Zodak is no longer a cosmic enforcer like watching from space. This guy's going around catching people for bounties. You know, he's he'll become the Boba Fett of the He-Man universe,
1: <laughs> which he already kind of is, but then it would like do more to it, yeah.
0: God, I want to see that. You know, I, I but, want to see just how savage Beast Man could be. I want to see, you know, what kind of warlord Merman is. You know, and and uh, what if Stratos going to be an evil warrior since he's you know was designed the way that he was? Was he, you know, that's so? Yeah, because so, you're right. There was
1: a lot of back and forth between who was going to be good, who was going to yeah. be bad. A lot of things switched up. Yeah, you're right. That is something that's interesting, and also to see that, you know, like he said. You know, he never seen He-Man as being like humorous or joking or funny or none of that. It's going to be a more serious tone, you know, which when you think about those original mini comics, there weren't many jokes cracked from what I remembered. I can't remember in the first four, many jokes. Maybe the
0: Sarah design ones. there were no jokes in those either. And I mean, even some of my personal favorites, there aren't jokes is like Clash of Arms. You know, I mean, there's a few samples, but. But yes, the the tone did get lost overall as the mini comics progressed. There were some serious ones, but it definitely, you know, there there is no like remarks for kids to enjoy in the you know the first four and definitely the next batch as well. And and to be able to see you know all the characters being portrayed, his whole idea of 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 Teela using magic and that that's something that's looked down upon because we need to rely on either our our pure strength or inner strength or even technology. Which, in which, yeah,
1: that's something which I'm going to get to. I do want to get to that magic part with Tila. First, let me just say hello, because I always do this at the beginning. I want to say hello to everyone in the chat room. We got Zentron, Zen Brown, Adam Gabbert, Captain Chronic, Chris Hummel, oh Chris Hummel's joined us. My God, the sky must be falling. But uh, yeah, Chris Hummel's here. Let me just keep scrolling down, just to make sure. And Chris Simpson, so thank you everybody for joining us. But no, see, it's like remember what I always told you. Like when you think about filmation, which I love filmation too. Don't get me wrong, I loved all the canons of Masters of the Universe. Each part could, you could possibly say, oh, it has some good points, some bad points, whatever. But I always said, you know, in the Filmation, we had Orco as the magic user. But Tila was not the magic user because now it's like, you know, the filmation Sorcerers, but she's stuck within Castle Grayskull. And I I always said to you, I was like, man, it sucks. You know, Skeletor, Evil Lane, you know, they're out anywhere they want and they can use magic. But who can go out and use magic out for the good guys except Orko because Sorcerers is stuck in Grayskull. So now to see that Tila. Maybe we could see a little more now. Tila doing the magic, and she can do this outside of Grass, you know, Castle Grayskull. It it just be fun. It would make for some more interesting battles for when she's using it, when it being questionable. But if she had to use it in fighting with Skeletor or you know whoever it may be, that just it gets your mind spinning and wondering. Uh,
0: that and also you kind of wonder, you know, Mark worked on the line, but for so long. Will he use a lot of his concept characters to fill in the ranks of the rest of the heroic warriors? I'd love going? that.
1: I would love to see that.
0: Well, I mean, we don't have a Cyclone and a um, a, a mechanek and a Buzz-Off and a Webstorm Cobra Khan. Do we have all new evil warriors and heroic warriors? Do we have other factions of evil and heroic characters? You know, That's what
1: have- I see. That's what I could see and would love to see.
0: Yeah. So, Mark, Rebecca, you guys listen to this. More factions of villains, man. And we, we definitely would welcome that. And, and factions of heroes, whatever you guys got, man. You know, get, give us something. Give us something we can we can wet our appetites with of what you've got in store for us here, you know?
1: Definitely, definitely. So that will be great. So keep an eye out, like I said, this, this book, he's going to be doing a book. So when it, you know, goes for pre-order and it's announced, you can be sure we're going to, like, plug that thing everywhere. And I'm sure everybody out there will want to get that. So... That's going to be one amazing book, and hopefully, you can lead to future books as well. So, oh, also, real quick in the chat room, I don't know how with on all the stuff. JSP, thank you for joining us. I just missed you right there for a second. So, thank you for joining us. But yeah, that, that was a roller coaster ride. Like I said, last week, it was a blast. And uh, yeah, so we're trying to bring it down, out, calm down, get a little relaxed, still get pumped up like we always do when we do character discussions or books or anything else. But that was just, that was a lot less, or er, last week, it was a lot to deal with.
0: God, man, it was such a high. You know, all I could think about the next day. I'm sitting, I'm at work, thinking about all these stories. Like, what, what, what are we gonna get? What, what will we see? e man doing? What will we see inside Grayskull that hasn't been explored yet? Especially when he said that he designed Grayskull to have so much more on the interior, and that it had to be cut out. You know, yeah, you know, for various reasons. Like, what else was in Grayskull that we, you know, obviously the mat, you know, what got cut. Some changes to the exterior and stuff, like small changes. But what else was in *Grayskull* that we didn't get that had to get scrapped? You know, yeah. Wonder, yep. you know, what else? What other parts of the mythology were taken away?
1: What was taken away that he will be able to bring back to us? That's what's going to be very intriguing. I mean, hell, he even had me looking after Rebecca was saying that, you know, secretaries would walk by and sculpt the shingle on Castle Grayskull and there might be fingerprints. I'm sitting there, I'm looking at my Castle Grayskull trying to find fingerprints and everything. So I was just looking, I was like, was that really molded in there? I just might have missed part of it. But that's what was fun. Just a lot of unique things we were hearing. But well, before we get into the discussion, we're, like I said, we're going to do a character profile. We'll talk about a book that you don't hear many people talk about because, well, a lot of people maybe maybe didn't have that when we were, you know when they were growing up. But we want to talk about a book. But as for recent stuff, I was sitting there trying to think, well, what was recent? What was new? Of course, I mean, it's a no-brainer. There's nothing on the movie front, you know, even though it's supposed to shoot in April. So yeah. uh,
0: that, You're shooting this month here, people. So you people who were, oh, it's going to happen. You know, I think this is when we take the time to laugh at you. We all are gonna, you know, point and and, and cast you out publicly and, and make fun of you in front of everybody because we try to tell you it ain't happening until it changes hands, and even then, I'd I'd say it's a snowball's chance in hell.
1: I had a lot of people finger point pointing and telling me they were saying, "No, Joe, it really is happening this April this time." I was like, "Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see." And it's like I said, it, it's not just like it hasn't happened the other 50 times. But and moving past that, I guess, at least for uh, the fans wanting to, you know, because everybody's been wondering what's going on with the new She-Ra cartoon on Netflix, where's some news, where's some info. The only thing that they gave for that, which they posted recently, was the title. And they call it Shira and the Princesses of Power. So it's not Princess of Power, it's Princesses. So already I... Things already. Yeah, it's like, all right, so is, are they making everybody a princess? I mean, how many are going to be... It's I have no clue what it's going to be like, but at least the title has been revealed. So with that happening, you figure they maybe will have to start showing a trailer soon, I guess, to get people wondering, okay, when are we going to see something? Because a lot of people are waiting for
0: that to happen, too. I'm not.
1: Yeah, I, well, I have to shoot out there for those who might be super interested in me. I'm just sitting back and waiting. Ain't nothing I'm doing backflips over because I don't know what it's going to be like, and I'll just see what it's like when it happens. And for those who are super excited, I hope it's fantastic for them. So we'll see how that goes. But well, like I said, we know no movies happening. The cartoon, I guess we'll we'll see what's going to happen when it does come out.
0: I'm I'm, I'm completely put it out of my head that there's a new she cartoon coming. Like, I, I'm not going to... Probably, I, I Hopefully, I'm not going to talk myself into watching the footage because I'm just probably just going to be upset to watch She-Ra putting her hands on her hips and making sassy faces and spitting her and doing, doing stuff like that. And Well Let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope it ain't. Like, really goofy girl power stuff, but not very empowering girl power stuff. Just very you know cotton candy where the girls are doing braiding each other's hair and taking every moment to make it silly with an occasional sword fight here and there that's not very but that's what i'm saying it's not meant for a guy like, like me and fans my age or older or you know people who enjoy the more serious stuff and would like to see she presented a in a very you know uh strong no we're gonna make it kind of silly and goofy and yeah candy. that's
1: that's what I mean. That's why I, I don't know. Uh it's like the animation that I've always talked about how they showed like you know at least that one drawing. So I'm wondering okay is it gonna be a lack of detail? Will it have those like almost like how we just had Grimbot in the chat chat room. Thank you for joining us. He said he'd worry more about goofy anime faces, which I know exactly what you mean sometimes yeah. in the cartoons where they had that over expression of a smile or a weird like anger face and then like little lines like Look, around uh, their face.
0: Emotion come out where, where yeah I know, don't look, like or Katra yeah. loses her temper and she starts screaming and yelling at a horror trooper in his head that's back.
1: what I don't want I don't want the animation emotions where you're seeing lines around their face and and the one big question I still don't know and I'm sure others who are behind the scenes know this I'm wondering okay is is she going to be like a young teen and will she become Shiro who's also a teenager meaning like you know the tagline for like the action figure said. The most powerful woman in the universe. So is she now going to be the most powerful teen in the universe? You know, you wonder. I don't know her age, what it's like. But again, like you said, they're trying a whole new angle. I guess we'll see how it works. I don't know.
0: It's going to... I mean, whereas the original cartoon made all the characters adults dealing with the issues of the Horde, this is probably going to be on the brink of, you know, puberty. And silly jokes like... I I don't know. I just... I just kind of feel like it's going to have like a real juvenile tone to it because you can make children's children's entertainment, but it doesn't have to be dumbed down for a child to appreciate it. You and I would not be sitting here doing what we did that are doing today if that's what filmation with both He-Man and Shearer was doing because they weren't. They even said that was not their goal was to talk down to children, you know, and I feel like this is just going to, you know be just silly and goofy just because they think they're d- doing something inventive and cute and funny. I'm like, no. They'll no, yeah, which, which, have, he'll have a handful of fans that are going to, they don't care what you give them. They're going to smack anybody that denounces the idea this new she cartoon is not going to be any good.
1: No, again, like I said, I hope for the best for it and hope it could be good and brings in, like you said, a new generation of fans. But you're right. I mean, the tone of the original Filmation He-Man and She-Ra cartoon, when you look at it, it was something that kids teenagers and adults all could look at it and enjoy the show you know comparing like let's say when you were watching that and let's say you'd watch scooby-doo and i'm not saying oh scooby-doo is just for kids or something but you know what i mean with the sound effects and the running and the goofiness or whatever you could feel like okay there's a kitty cartoon but then there's a you know cartoon that feels like hey this is kind of adult like it doesn't seem too over the top nuts with crazy sound effects you know the like you know the Feet turning when people are running and that kind of stuff. That's what I mean. When you watch He Man and She Ra back then, it felt like anybody of any age could enjoy it. And hopefully, this She Ra can do that too. But like you said, it's a wait and see. I guess we just have to wait and see whenever. Hell, I don't know how many more months I have to wait. It's probably going to be a summer thing, if I was to guess. I would assume summer, maybe it would happen.
0: They may even be waiting until San Diego to do some sort of like trailer for it. But even then, you know. I, I don't know, I, I just, I, I have no, there, there isn't a, an ounce of me that thinks that this would be something that I would be interested in. I get it. You know, when, when they have revealed, like, what the show is going to be about, like, tone-wise and and stuff like that, I mean, it's like, I'm out. I mean, I, I've been locked outside the gates of seeing this. I just, you know, what I just worry about is the continuation of making the He-Man-Shewer property a joke. That if this show... Presents what I think it's going to be. It's just going to continue to, to show the general public that these two characters are silly nonsense and not to be taken seriously, that they cannot be held on on a, a strong pedestal as your traditional superhero or superheroine. No, 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 no. This is where all the silly stuff of people who used to run around on loincloths, we got rid of all that, but now we're really getting down to, you know girls being sassy and, and, and saying a bunch of silly remarks and talking like your traditional teen girl except instead of having cell phones they'll probably have, you know, something that's somewhat relatable to a teenage girl nowadays because we gotta make sure, I don't know, It just I just felt like, I you know well, I like you said stop, stop fussing about it because I'm not gonna watch it, it's not meant for me and I, you know, I, I just I need to stop torturing myself and, and for the most part, only when Joe brings this up and for the most part when Joe does say something to me in private, I'm just like And <laughs> just I just like Joe, I, I gave I gave up a long time ago. So all right. Oh well,
1: like you said, yeah, we're we're okay. they? it'll be a wait and see
0: people who are they wanna see a, a silly Shearer cartoon that's not gonna probably be taken very seriously Because we don't want to we don't wanna present a beautiful woman in a in a outfit that that's that can be sexy but badass at the same time. No, no, no. That's demeaning towards women and things like that. Like, yeah, you didn't learn anything from the, the New 52 of changing everybody's looks. You know, <laughs> like everybody wants to see Wonder Woman with pants on, you know.
1: Well, there you go. Well, like I said, we'll wait and see. But, well, let, I want to go to a story. And there's a lot of cool things in this. Like I said, we're not reading it, you know, just in case, you know, we always let everybody know. I never read the whole story. We've done this, you know, since we started doing this podcast, just in case somebody wants to read the whole story themselves. But it's this book called Battle Under Snake Mountain, which this for me did a lot of cool different things when I was a kid that I never seen. Now, I'm going to say this right now. I'm not saying anything I'm going to say never happened when I was growing up in any other story. But I'll just let you know some of the things that happened with this Battle Under Snake Mountain was firsts for me so before i babble about some of this tyler i didn't know your experience with the story battle under snake mountain
0: um i didn't come across this book until i was in elementary school and i uh went to the the public library which is down the street from me here and um i was walking back from the kids section and i took a double check and there was some kid much younger than me looking at that book at, the, at one of the tables and I, it was all I could do from like stopping and grabbing his book and swapping it out with like a book about puberty as if the kid <laughs> ever noticed it. And I take off with his book and he's sitting there learning about, you know, uh, the developments of a young female and a young male body along with like the nicknames for male and female. You to want to jump table.
1: the poor kid? You want to steal his He-Man book and give him your garbage book up? Huh?
0: Yeah. That's what I, I, I would have loved to have done, but that was the only time. And it was, one of those things, like many times in my life, I'd come across some kid who's got something He-Man related that I'd never seen before or hadn't seen in person, and I'm like, son of a bitch, that, that, that punk, he's got Night Stalker, or that, 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 that kid, he's got... What, what is that? I've never seen a Snake Man storybook before. Right, right, right. You know, so that was my first time, and I and I, I would not see it again until images showed up on the internet. I've never come across it at a flea market. Um you know, uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, of course, I haven't looked for it on eBay, but I've never come across it by accident when I would look up storybooks to buy on eBay and stuff like that. So it's, um the artwork is, I, but having viewed it on the internet and things like that, you can view it on he Um, The artwork is beautiful on the inside. It's a yes. slightly different take I, on the statement, but very kick-ass, though. It does them justice.
1: I love, and you're right, I love the art of it. I think it was, uh, believe it or not, a father daughter duo that did the art. I think it was Judith and Pablo Marcos. I think, yeah, I think it was a, a father daughter. At first, I used to think it was a married couple, but if I'm not mistaken, I thought uh, I found out that it was a father daughter. But I also even owned some of their um, the the sketch art and the work. I mean, the, the art that was used for this book. I actually have some of those pieces and they're big, they're big and I like them big and boarded. And so I have some of the original art from this book and I'm glad I came across it because this was one of those audiobooks that I had when I was a kid. And since we never had King hiss in the filmation cartoon, you always wondered what was his voice going to be. And of course, you know that the voice acting might not be the most amazing voice acting for these audiobooks, records or whatever, but it gives you as a kid you know, your imagination to run wild again. So this was the first time I heard King's King Hiss's voice. So I found that intriguing. This was also the first time, again, remember when I told you earlier, I said my first experience, not saying it never happened, but also it was the first time where I seen them definitively saying and showing the Snake Mountain toy play set as the Snake Men's. Home. They didn't mention this as being Skeletor's lair. They said this was the Snake Men's lair, and that, I remember as kids, like this is so cool. And also, you found out that He Man lived at Castle Grayskull, and it was the first time I seen He Man have a bed. Now, you know probably just as much as I do, if not even more. Do you ever remember seeing He Man have a bed in Castle Grayskull and all this other? It's like, what is all this stuff that's going on?
0: No, no, and uh, it's it's an interesting it almost felt like this was a story that probably could have been written at the very beginning of the toy line you know with you know having he-man living in castle of grayskull as if like this is this is where he-man lives is in you know the ultimate source of power in the universe is inside this castle and that's where he-man lives and um you know to to kind of tie it up with i mean yeah this i mean with them sneaking underneath castle grayskull through this this kind of forgotten river that stretches miles and miles from below snake mountain all the way up to castle grayskull you know it's like the caverns of fear kind of thing you know uh but it's the the there's this beautiful uh image uh, or, or or one of it's, it's actually there's, oh, there's several of them but anyway there's a shot of rattler and tongue latcher in their boat and you see this massive shot of them inside this cave with them, like you know, holding a torch up, kind of lighting the way in the cave, and it just looks so cool. And then when they're underneath Grayskull too, and you see He Man's like getting getting into his bed, and they're underneath, there in the water, you know, in their. It just looks cool. It just has this yeah. like classic old feel from the very beginnings of the toy line.
1: Yes, it's exactly, and you're right. And uh, real quick, because there was like some
0: uh, Chris
1: Simpson got. Gal- No, Chris Simpson got a little confused in the chat room. He he was mentioning, I've seen He-Man's bed before. He was thinking of when they had Prince Adam showing himself sleeping, but that was in filmation. But no, I mean, as for He-Man and a He-Man's bed, that's the only time I've ever seen it was in this book. So this was just He-Man. There is no mention of Prince Adam, and he's living in Castle Grayskull. And hell, I'll even show the picture. That's what cracked me up, they showed a bed. And what's even funnier is, I think it had that H emblem that we started knowing from his battle armor and stuff. Yeah. Tell me if you can see that.
0: Yeah, it's right right on. It's Yeah, it's, 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 it's sitting on his bed like, let's ever know. This is He-Man's bed, it! <laughs> That's what I
1: thought was cool. It's like He-Man's bed, and it's He-Man, and he doesn't have this. He didn't even get a chance to get his uh, power harness on because that was, you're right, that was the plan. The plan was King Hiss found out from some of the snake warriors that there's this underground river or something that leads, and he's talking to Ratlore and Tongue and letting them know that it leads somewhere. You know, want to know where it leads? To underneath Castle Grayskull. So he wants to see exactly, he wants them to scout out and go by taking, like you said, that kind of little boat all the way through this river to find out where it's at. And coincidentally, they'd be right under He-Man's room. They go back, let King Hiss know. Then they all travel. And they pop up through, like, one of the bricks. And another thing that was kind of cool was to hear hear about this kind of like like a venom that King Hiss... Yeah, poison. Yeah, a poison that he put on He-Man's hand while he was sleeping that paralyzed him. I was like, What's another cool thing? I just, there was so many cool firsts that I seen in this book that I didn't remember anywhere else. And again, I'm not saying in other countries they never did it, but it just, this seemed like it had a lot of firsts and it was very intriguing. And, and you can, like you said, you can find this online. I think, like you said, he-man.org even has it where you can look at the book. But I think YouTube, they uploaded the audio version of this. So if nobody's ever heard the audio for it, you can listen to it and you can finally hear you know a, a king his voice if you will like we said not the best in the world but when you're a kid i know that you at least listen to other audio stories tyler whether it was a record or something it sucked you yeah, in I, I
0: had i had some of those uh like like from the disney collection i did have um i ended up getting revenge of skeletor from a kid in uh fifth grade who didn't want it anymore i traded him something he gave me the book and the cassette tape and i went home that day and listened to it and it was okay when I was so used to filmation, still watching the VHS tapes. I mean, nothing could hold a candle to, to that. But it it, it was all right. And then you know I had uh, Thundercats and Transformers on on, uh, on cassette tapes as well too. But um, those were always fun, and I, I'd have been all about it. God, I wish I had had that book when I was a kid. It just. Um, just it's good like,
1: to see the snake man like you said when do you you didn't get many i mean we know the mini comics had i mean yes there were in other books as well but just seeing a whole book focused just strictly on king hiss rat lord tongue Lasher, and he-man and the only other person that made one quick cameo was man at arms where he-man was doing some training with him but you're right because he-man had a gut feeling something was wrong but he went his, against his gut feeling and he regretted that he did that because then he got you know blindsided and got captured
0: What's uh, for me? What what would have been great to have gotten that book is that you know my only uh, like um, experience of watching Rattler in action was in Snake Attack, and he's mute in that. Whereas in this book, he talks. So I, I, I and I hadn't seen him in Shira, and I wouldn't see him in Shira until I think eleventh grade on, on uh, uh, when I uh, or uh, or somewhere around that time. So I, I it, you know, my my time of being able to see Rattler actually in action was, was so limited. So it it would have been a major big deal to me to not to, to have seen Rattler in action just because Snake Attack was the only mini comic I had that that had him in it. I'm pretty sure I did have King of the Snake Man, but it just didn't have, leave an impression on what like Snake Attack did, whereas Rattler only spoke through his rattle. The, you know the rattle on his tail was the only way you knew he was around. A battle rattle yeah which was an int- i, li- I kind of like having a mute snake man that he only attacks or you know he's around when the rattle is is, is, is shaking to kind of like the sense he's going to attack but it it, it would have been awesome to have seen that and, and the images in that book i i think would have really just you know blew my mind because the art looks great king yeah, has is. very kind of slim snake-like in it um i yeah, yeah exactly yeah, like right there. I mean, look how slender King Hiss looks. I mean, in, in his, you know, on his throne in the toy version of Snake Mountain. Oh, yeah.
1: That's how me. mean it was. I just, yeah, I I love not only the looks, but the descriptions. Like, when they were describing things that were going on, like when Ratlorn and Tongue Lasher was before him, they're given a description of, like, how Ratlorn's neck is not extended because he dare know, I mean, he knows dare not extend his neck and, and king his his presence and that you know like his tail would kind of slightly rattle or something because he you know that's what he does when he gets nervous in front of him. it's just the descriptions they'll give in these books it kind of like sucks you in because again you only get one single picture per you know page or however many they you know do something so they're going by basically a really good you know Images
0: just here too of them down in the cavern yeah yeah I like it I mean it just uh, holding a torch lighting the way and you see like other serpents and things like that around down there it just adds extra tone in in, in uh, texture and depth you know to a simple children's story but I swear to god man people who were working on these stories man they they had our our um what's the what's the word i just feel like they had our best interest cuz uh, the vast majority of human stories were taken relatively relatively seriously for the most part a few silly moments here and there but like that one a lot of the golden books man they they the stories were taken seriously they were not dumbed down and make it sound like it's just mindless fun for kids
1: and i also like to wonder the liberties that uh, oh really quick also christopher Dahlberg, we gave you a shout out of a happy birthday earlier and again happy birthday uh, belated birthday man good to see you here but um yeah. Uh, no. The other thing about this is, I always wondered what kind of liberties are given to the writers, because the person wrote for this. I don't know if he also did uh, another one. He might have did one or two. I'm not sure how many he did, but I just wonder what they're given in front of them when told write, you know, this story. Because you know, we see the Snake Man, but how it's written with him, man. It to me, I got the feel of this wasn't written as Prince Adam would have existed. In this, you know, particular universe of He-Man. Because He-Man is, like I said, he lives in Skull, and it's just him. There's no mention of, you know, Prince Adam. I just, I always get curious about things like that. And the whole deletion uh, of, you know... Skeletor. No, you know, evil warriors or Skeletor and his warriors are in Snake Mountain. It's just you were wondering what they were told like where they just say, okay, here's some of the toys here's some of this and they thought, hey, Snake Mountain oh, it must be for the Snake Men, let's do it. you know, I don't know what they're given. I always love that kind of stuff. I'd love to know the behind the scenes stuff of what were you told when they said write the story.
0: So that's what makes me think that the main focus, let's get the Snake Man over do a story with just the Snake Men and put He-Man in there. And that's all you're focusing on, because you want kids to be wanting the toys of of He-Man and these these three new characters. Put them in Snake Mountain, you know. I mean, I'm just I could just see the editor or the writer who's probably not given a whole lot to work with, keeping it as simple as possible just for their own benefit, you know. Instead of having to learn this whole mythology of like what 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 you know what do I do do it does he, I think he that's what the that's what the that's the good castle. All right, put him in there. He lives in there. Put the snake man in Snake Mountain. That seems logical. I could see it being nothing more than that. When all they're being told is just to write a, sim- a, a, a simple, you know, cassette book for kids. But with that, it, it, you know, inadvertently gives a very interesting take, you know, of, of just having the snake men are the ones dwelling because technically they did dwell there at one point. <laughs> right. Right. Not necessarily, and that's in the and that's in the 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 uh, the eighties canon, not just you know in, in NYP MYP and other uh, right, various. Right. So it's not far fetched.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So that's why. Yeah. Um. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, Christopher Dahlberg asked, he said, "What was the book where He-Man went down a well and ended up in the caverns? <laughs> caverns of fear." I was just going to say, right when he said "caverns," I was going to finish to say "caverns of fear," but he said, "Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, that was a good one. No, yeah, that's not I mean. I mean, golden. They did, well, so so many books. I mean, they did so many different kinds. But, uh, you know, this one, it said kids' stuff. And, you know, what's weird is I, I didn't even look. I always, you know, what's weird? I always, I have all the golden books, and I have the kids' stuff books. I always just assumed kids' stuff was part of the golden, but this isn't golden, is it? Kid Stuff didn't have anything to do with Golden, did they? Or am I wrong? I know, hopefully, if anybody... I know, um, let's say Grimbot should jump, jump in, but I just looked at yeah, that. How did kid I...
0: Kid Stuff, at least in America, was its own separate. Yeah. Because the, yeah. I think Kid Stuff did the Revenge of Skeletor, the Castle Grayskull record book, I think. They,
1: uh, they, they... also did the one with the uh, the Horde, where we seen the unique versions of the Horde troopers. And they looked like they... Uh, had like pinheads, or looked like they had bullet heads.
0: Yeah, a more yeah. I think that was Kid stuff as well. Yeah, I that think. was
1: kids stuff. Wow. I, I guess I just. I hope I'm wrong because I feel like such a moron that I'm sitting there having an epiphany right now, thinking, "Wait a second, Kid stuff was not golden." I just always like tagged him in. I just did them in the same stuff because well, kids stuff.
0: It, had- well, because most of golden books was strictly just the book, whereas kids stuff focused a lot on record books and cassettes <laughs> cassettes with books. So Gold did
1: some I'm, records. You Remember, so Gold did do records. Also, Golden had yeah, Records, and I thought they did cassettes as well. Part. But
0: what about the Power Point dri- or the uh, uh, Point Dread the Talon Fighter record book?
1: That so one Golden came. Book. That one, uh, you know, I never looked at who made it because it I came with.
0: Boy, but who who did it? Did an, an outside publisher like Golden Books put that? I mean, like put that together from Mattel to to be put with the Talon Fighter or.
1: Well, again, because I've got
0: a book. I just don't have it here. It's oh, yet. I
1: have it. I mean, I have it as well. But since that was a special one, I used to keep it separate from my other books because I knew, oh, I didn't buy that at the store like my Golden books. So I assume that was just probably inside something within Mattel. I would assume. I could and be I, absolutely wrong.
0: I had the book here, and there's no, uh, of course, I'm looking at the Dark Horse release, and there's no, there's no, uh, yeah, I
1: don't said, think Golden <laughs> did that. I don't.
0: It might, it, well, this one just says Mattel, and that's it. So maybe it was Mattel that put that one together, and you and used their their current um, you know roster of artists and writers and things like that for this one. So yeah, because
1: I didn't think Golden Book did that Power of Point Dread one. I just uh, yeah,
0: uh Peter like Peter Pan was also a a, a children's company that did or uh, uh, books on uh, like record because I I think I had Thundercast the Unholy Alliance uh, that was was to release to Peter Pan. I think a lot of various. Um, other record books from the late seventies. Well, I mean, I guess
1: if this can make sense, the the way I connected the Power Point Dread that record book that came with, well, Point Dread Talon Fighter was just like how we got mini comics with characters. We got a big book with a record with one of their, you know, place. I mean, you know, with their vehicles. So I figured it's just Mattel, just like the Power of the Evil Horde that came with, um, Hordak and Grizzlor's two pack. You know how yeah. it had that book and cassette? That was like just Mattel. So yeah. I guess I consider that just Mattel stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm looking at it here too. And I mean, I, I can't see them. I mean, they may. I mean, it's. Yeah. I, it's got to be just Mattel. Like they yeah, did. Yeah. Not, not yes. uh, pimped it out to another uh, source.
1: Yeah. So this, again, the kid stuff uh, and this book, it is well worth finding if you can get it. And it's one of the ones that doesn't pop up too often just like the one that has the horde and all that stuff on it by kids stuff that also is another one that i think came with a a cassette but there this is well worth getting if you never got it fantastic art great story and some stuff that like i said were firsts for us back then but well now that that's over and speaking of how i just mentioned i guess it's sometimes things are meant to happen for a reason we're talking about the two-pack of horde with Well, we're going to do a character bio on Grizzlore. So Tyler, why don't you start us off with Grizzlore? Some of your first impressions of him, toy, character, wherever you've seen him or how it went.
0: Yeah, um, toy was the first time because I I got him uh, at a flea market in Pennsylvania, um, I think it was before my brother was born or or not too far from that. And um, I I saw him and I, I had an idea of who he was and my granddaddy bought him for me and I think to this day, he still remembers purchasing that point because of him him being such a furry character. Um, That was my first Horde member as far as I can remember, I think before I got Hordak, Mantana, and Leech later on in the same year for Christmas and for my birthday. Um, And uh, up until I I really got into Modular Grizzlers was was always my favorite as a kid and as as a toy and in the the She-Ra cartoon because I just saw him like always, like in Talent for Trouble, a physical, uh, you know, equal to He-Man to a certain extent, much like Triclops was. And um, I. anytime he popped up in the she cartoon, it was just, oh man, Grizzler's in this episode. Like it was just so exciting. I love seeing Leech and Montana, but Grizzler was just like over the top for me because I just loved the character. I never saw him as being portrayed as oafish or buffoonish until later on when I would see other episodes or kind of have a better idea of like god they really made him look like an idiot in this cartoon a lot of times not all the time especially when you look at it, even in the shiver cartoon he looks with the big fangs coming down solid red eyes he just looks like a badass and you know they have him offering ties to hordak for horde prime's birthday and he gets thrown down the chute you know and stuff <laughs> yeah like one that. for
1: each head i always remember that <laughs> yeah i do remember
0: and, and it, just when hordak like grizzler sits there kind of with his mouth open and Hordex's head comes down in, in the frame as he screams at him and he falls down. I, I, I'm i not an advocate for, for silliness, but damn it, that's one saying that, that does make me chuckle when I watch For One of a Horse. I do like that <laughs> scene. No,
1: but like you said, I mean, it happened with all the characters later where, you know, everybody sometimes would get the silly treatment, including, including Beastman. One quick thing. I thought – I might be wrong because you mentioned his big red eyes in the cartoon. I thought they were yellow because I thought it used to drive me nuts as a kid because uh, –
0: All right, let me clarify this real quick here. Go I just want to make sure
1: because the toy yes, I thought it. had
0: – Damn it. I'm, I'm okay. thinking of... – All right. Well,
1: the reason that it came into my head was because I thought it drove me nuts. Yeah, because the yeah. toy I thought had red and yellow,
0: right? Yellow pupils on the classic figure. Right, yeah. Now, now I mean, I'm going to settle this right now yeah because the the vintage toy red eyes with yellow pupils
1: yeah and I remember that's what as a kid used to drive me insane because i remember the toy had the red eyes with the yellow pupils and then the cartoon was just yellow i was like oh man where's the reds you know because i always thought it looked more evil on the toy but no i no i always loved the toy i love the card art back then. like i said he always to me looked like a demanded, insane critter. He, for whatever reason, he reminded me of critters. I know he's not supposed to look like one, but that's me looking at his card back. art. I thought he looked like a critter. And those, that was a wicked movie. And those things freaked me out. And his teeth looked just so, just so sharp. Like he was razor sharp and rip you to pieces. And the cartoon came and I did like him. Don't get me wrong, but man, I'll admit, I was a little disappointed that he wasn't more like the toy. I was like, expecting more of the wild hair and looking more evil, but I could understand them not wanting it to look too frightening in the cartoon. So they tightened up his, you know, his fur and made it like, you know, a little more tight do and everything. Not all wild and furred out.
0: These are to animate, you know, whereas, you know, at least close to their their toy counterpart, Grizzlor's kind of like his character. It'd be hard to animate all the fur.
1: Especially, yeah, back then. You're right. They wanted everything to like be reused in mere, you know, images. Unlike MYP, yes, we got to see where he would look a little more ferocious. Again, no pun intended, but you got to see more of that fur.
0: Yeah, and um, that's how it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, overall, I, I mean, he's he's such an imposing character, and I, and I, I like his place in the horde is essentially i mean in like in the mini comic he's this kind of legendary beast but i I mean i think the 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 typical like role for him is to be the person in charge of hordax prison cells like he's the guy that you know keeps keeps prisoners in lockup you can't get out and if you do you got to go through grizzlor because if if he puts you in you sure as hell ain't getting out kind of thing, and I, I think that's, you know, whereas Mantana is kind of like, and I also figure, like, Grizz was like the muscle for the Horde as well. Leech is kind of like that as well, and then you got Mantana from Reconnaissance, and Modulok is your technician, so Hordak has kind of got a lot of the big uh, basics filled out within his immediate faction before the Horde really got spread out and, and made even bigger, but um, I, I always thought that it was, a, it was a cool, and he, of course he kind of serves that purpose in Secret of the Sword, when he's um, you know, kind of running like mi- mission control and in charge of uh, security over the prison cells at the Fright Zone.
1: Oh, okay. Wait, wait. One quick thing because it sounded like it slightly glitched when you yeah. were
0: talking about... like staring at me like joke.
1: Yeah, it, it seemed like it, it went glitch. You were mentioning in Princess of Power and then it kind of had a weird issue for me.
0: What I was saying is that they, they you know, in, in Secret of the Sword, they display Grizzlor as being the guy in charge of, of the prison.
1: Oh yeah. oh, yeah, 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 exactly. And and you're right, when you went back to talk about him also being the muscle, you're right, he was always more of the muscle for me, even though Leech, that's a big dude. Leech is, I always yeah. picture him, especially the figure, that's a big boy. But it's like, he's big, he can get you and suck your energy, but I see him as obviously... Slower, whereas Grizzlore, he's muscle, but you could picture him being quick and you know agile and also super ferocious. Like God, I would not want to tangle with this guy if you got into a fight with him.
0: Yeah, and and that that description really fits the the 2000 X design. Like I, when when we received that that look of of him looking essentially like a bounty hunter with his variety of weapons and knives. Love that. That. yeah you, you picture him as being like someone like of a tracker almost like someone who's on the hunt of hordak i need you to go capture uh mechanic for me you know i could see you know grizzlor you know you know hiding around you, I, mean, I always like he could probably like you know could smell certain things but he just looks like someone who would be kind of like bane you know the way the way that bane is was portrayed you know in in his early beginnings in the batman comics you know someone who's you know, observe it and tracks and watches his prey and observes all their movements and things like that. And then yeah. he has a variety of sharp weapons to ensure you know uh, victory and capturing his prey and putting him in the jail cell and ensuring they never get the hell out. Or something. I wonder like if that. they
1: would have kept him mute. You know, you wonder which characters they might have kept mute. You know, if that would have worked. I don't even know if he would have spoken. You know, every time we start talking about MYP and any time we bring up the horde, it just it guts me so much. The oh, thought yeah. of we didn't get. You know.
0: It is knowing that, you know, they made all, a bunch of all the silly ass decisions in that cartoon and wasted characters. How
1: awesome would the Horde have been, especially, like you said, looking at Grizzlor with his. I mean, for those out there, I don't know if you've ever bought the Staction of I'm, Grizzlor.
0: I, I'd gotten I, I, the last wave of Stactions was the only one I couldn't get due to. the oh. they released well, quantities.
1: And I don't know how many people, you know, who are listening, if they've ever gotten or seen that Staction, but. It is just so damn detailed. I mean, not only is it, you know, like the furred up character, but he's loaded with weapons. Like, if I was to go over there and grab it right now, I wouldn't even... Let's see. Okay, just hold on one second. Hopefully my mic and everything doesn't pop off. I'm going to grab this without things falling. Grab
0: his Grizzlor in here, so I'll, I'll entertain you here. Until and I'm he...
1: coming... Okay, I... Oh, man, let me just try to grab a little stack of them because I don't want to get them all because, I mean, there's literally... Too many, but okay, here I come. All right, first, Jesus, let me set these down. This is just unbelievable. First, here is Grizzlord. This is just such a damn awesome, wicked looking sculpt and design. Like I said, the fur, I mean, you can do it just like you did the vintage toy. He comes with that cool ass crossbow. He has this knife. He has this pack on his back where you can load up the weapons. And then now I'll show you, this is unbelievable. I got all these weapons here. This is some of the stuff he has. I mean, I got a handful of this stuff. He, he has I don't know whatever the hell this thing is. He's got two of those. Like he's got two. I'm sorry, he's got four of them. They gave him four of those weapons. Then he had, like I said, the stuff you've seen. Then he has like almost his version of a Jason Voorhees machete. So he has Horde Machete. He's got um cool ass, you know, like almost like a I don't know if you want to say it's a samurai. Okay. Yeah, so, it was a okay. sword. Yeah, katana. And then this I love that this has to be my favorite one is this cool ass axe because yeah. I don't know if I can get the detail, but there's a horde emblem on that axe of horde axe face on the axe. So it's just he's a weapons master. So could you have pictured him in the cartoon coming out and throwing things, knock out darts, fighting the sword, shooting crossbow? God. Oh damn it. It's, That's-
0: it makes it sound like that he could have been a bounty hunter for Hordak. Yeah. You know? I mean, you just, Le- Leech and Mantana, you know, we, we obviously the Staction forms they only came with the crossbow and that was it. But for Grizzler to have that, that design of someone who's got a wide variety of knives and, and little hatchets and swords and maces and stuff, you know, they're, they're there for a reason. And they look like they're there to take out a wide variety of prey. You know, um... But also, it's um, like maybe possible, like torture devices too. Since he is in the prison cells, like in charge of the prison, You kind of figure if you know, Hordax got to interrogate somebody, put Grizzlor in there with him. You know, if if you know, leeches are going to drain drain their energy, so you're probably not going to get much out. Of them. You put Grizzlor in there, you're probably
1: one. He, he's the guy that'll make you talk. He's the one that's going to do the torture stuff. Start going under your fingernails, slicing yeah. you here. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be that. It's gonna, he's the one that you see in the show where they roll out that, you know, big thing that has all the weapons laid before. He's like, oh, and he's going to each one, which one he's going to use. I can picture him doing that to yeah, torture I, people.
0: That I can see that too and, and not even really have to say anything like Hordak just kind of stands there you know, ba- off to the back against the wall and waiting for this guy to crack Grizzler doesn't say anything other than going over, picking his weapon of choice, or walks over to the guy, and then either the guy's going to crack or he's going to take some punishment until he gives gives up what Hordak wants. I mean, God, that, <laughs> that, that, that's a sequence. Axel, illustrate that just for the hell of it.
1: Yeah have, him, yeah, have him sitting there just not only that, but a two-page, have him spread out the thing with all the weapons laying out before, and next see the one he's going to choose what he's going to do. Yeah, he's he's going to be the one that's going to make you talk. So, no, oh, but Grizzler, yeah, just to – I, I've loved, like I said, every version. Some, you know, yes, I wish could have looked differently compared to others. There's some more details, but he's a character I always liked. I never had an issue of Grizzler from the mini comics to the cartoons
0: the toys no. or whatever. It's... I mean, even the mini comics aside from, you know, the, you know, those really crummy ass, you know, Mantan and Leech ones, but he's portrayed in his own mini comic. He's portrayed very good in the, the Hordak mini comic. He's portrayed as a very strong, imposing muscle, especially that, that, shot from our, our good friend, Larry Houston, uh, illustrating Grizzlor and, and a Whiplash clashing with each other, you know, just yeah. that. And isn't that, he
1: on the cover of Escape from the Slime Pit too? Isn't he on that cover, I think?
0: Yeah, he's on that one. Um,
1: and he's got kind of like crazy, isn't his hair almost Wolverine-like at one point where it kind of...
0: And also on the war machine also. Yeah, where he's got kind of the Wolverine kind of pointed hair, which yeah. I I saw that as a kid. I'm like, I don't, I don't like this look. I don't I don't like that look of, of Grizzlor. I like the more you know I mean the way Larry drew him, I mean to me that's by far the best from the vintage series, you know, where he's got the big fur, but it's not out of control. It it's more kind of you know, it just it just adds it just makes him look more ferocious the way Larry drew And was it was it Larry Bruce does.
1: Tim who did did uh Bruce Tim do the card back art for the two pack with Hordak and uh
0: and the, the interior for the storybook, and he did the uh, the, uh, the, the box art on the back.
1: Yeah, yeah the
0: I like it. Yes. Yeah, Br- yes. Bruce could draw a good Grizzlor as well. He drew an awesome act too.
1: Oh, um, yeah. But,
0: but, yeah, overall, Grizzlor has been, fortunately, a character that's been treated with a lot of respect and dignity. You know, he's never, um, you know, you just, I mean, obviously, the she cartoon made, made a lot of the villains at times silly. They made Dialumug silly at one point
1: started off awesome and then unfortunately got the silly treatment and real quick before we do wrap up our grizzler talk i was just gonna say now i'll open up to you guys in the chat room any questions about anything you want go ahead and you can post them right there we'll answer any of your questions right now while tyler do you know tyler and i do the little wrap up on grizzler and after we finish we'll hit your questions right after we finish so go ahead tyler
0: um i mean that's that's pretty much what i have to say um Favorite version? I mean, it's kind of hard to say because, I, I mean, for some, probably from childhood, the, the the filmation version I really hold dear to my heart because I I got so excited to see him in any episode, especially Talent for Trouble. Um, but that 2000 X version left a lot to be desired, man, of, of what we would have gotten. But um, what a
1: first impression can make, huh? I mean, just from that, just what could have been? How can that almost for me be my favorite when all I've seen? Was just that one time, and we didn't even
0: get anymore. For a few, a few moments throughout it, like the first shot, you see him like he's standing by in Horad with his arms crossed, you know, just looking pretty confident, just waiting for Hordak's next move, along with Mantana and Leech, and they all back up when Kallax decides to question Hordak. Like, you know, you kind of get that vibe, like they're they're a tight unit, and Kallax is probably either the newest or the dumbest for doing that because for all three of them to immediately simultaneously back the hell up because they know what's coming, you know. You yeah. It
1: was short lived for Calyx. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Because they, they, they know that you don't do that. You know, you just, you respect Hordak's wishes. If he wants you to, to turn left, you turn left. And if he doesn't say anything, you just stand there and just kind of wait and, and see what he needs you to do. And that, that just was such a cool visual like of, of Grizzler with his arms crossed you know, with with his other two buddies. Yeah, that, I, I mean,
1: that, that is for me. That is my favorite. I mean, the 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 one. If that myp never happened, I guess here's my second. Because I'll just pop in the second anyways. Is the the card art for just Grizzlore, Because I've said to you many times, he reminded me of a demented critter. But. He looked so insane and ferocious. And I remember along with how I've told the story so many times and I found out others were doing, it, I thought I was alone where I said I would cut out like the card back, you know, uh, images of like He-Man standing on the 12 back or eight backs. And I would take those to school and put them on my desk. And when it was break time, I acted like they were action figures because I wouldn't take my figures to school. I also took the card back art. And I remember just opening my desk and looking at him, looking at him and just, I would love staring at grizzlers. There was something so damn fascinating and intriguing about that card back art. But yeah, I'd say MYP that pretty much did it. And it's just such a shame. We never got any more of them.
0: I know. And I, I you know, I probably would have to say MYP All because right. it, Yeah. That would be my, my definitive one. Yeah.
1: Okay. All right. Well, that was our wrap up of grizzler. Now I'm going to hit some of the questions in the chat room. Okay, Zentron starts off. He says, apart from the obvious animation and continuity issues of the filmation series, what one element annoyed you most? So, uh, well, I hated, well, it was just, it's it's a product of its time, meaning when the parent groups got involved and had to take the tone away yeah. from the show. So, yeah, because you see how He-Man started off. It started off, it was kind of serious feeling, not so jokey, but... Yeah, when the parent groups got involved, break downhill with too many jokes and,
0: yeah. Yeah, because the villains suffer, which is why Spycore looks like such a goof that he is. And Too Bad was silly. And everybody just was taken down a notch in season two. And, um, yeah, I think that was probably the biggest thing. Because, I mean, season one, aside from what few dud episodes there were, everybody was portrayed pretty 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 kick-ass. You know, all the evil warriors, all the heroic warriors were all very likable characters and and seen the way they, or depicted the way they should be. So yeah, due to those bitching parents who thought the idea of He-Man and Skeletor was just promoting devil worship and demonic <laughs> rituals and all kinds of other silly nonsense. Like and I've that. never
1: heard that. You know, that's what it is. I love hearing that because I always go to groups. I was like, Any anybody here worship the devil because of he, man, I've never heard this. Like where have you even heard? Me? These people are insane with the stupid stuff. They want to nitpick. Like, yeah, that's what he man I mean, promoted. That's
0: like, what I felt like, you know, all right, stop, hold everything. You young lady who are accusing Skeletor, or the character of Skeletor of being something that, that promotes, you know, satanic worship. Do you have a child that you caught at home practicing black magic because he was <laughs> one of the the, uh, uh, the cosmic comet when or or the uh, the safe skeleton? Did, did did your child react to anything like that?
1: No, <laughs> exactly. And none of it didn't happen with any. So yeah, that. So yeah, I guess. Well, me and Tyler ended up saying the same thing, which yeah, that pretty much is what sucked about it. But uh, okay. Um, okay. JSP said question. He man, Superman and Hulk. Three-way elimination dance. Who you guys got? And hey, i man. think thinking out. You got until until Hulk just gets so pissed, and he's getting more angry, and then Superman flies them both into space. But then somehow they come back. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a big, <laughs> a big battle royal. I don't know.
0: Hulk in outer space, and he man uses the magic of the power sword to defeat Superman. So
1: <laughs> I guess that's
0: so. Ends, he, he you know. Regardless, I mean that's just how it is. I. I, I love my Marvel and DC superheroes, but nobody takes precedent over He-Man. So, um, He-Man. Uh, it, even but if then, I
1: wanted to say something different, it's like I can't. keep I can't doing it on the show. It would be sacrilegious if I'd say, okay, Superman will move so fast that he'll just split He-Man in half there if I told him. But I will not do stuff like that.
0: Tornado. So uh, anyone, a, a man that can move that fast, to me, he's uh, practically just as fast as, as Superman. No, he,
1: no he- hey – you're right, he can't fly. I mean, hell, remember He Man moved his hand so fast that he turned sand into glass. So yeah, it's all fun. But you know, it would be fun but he said pro wrestling style. I think that's what he meant, pro wrestling style. So
0: wrestling style. Um, I, I see Superman and He Man team, you have to take out the Hulk. You know, because they, they, they that way the fans get like a fun like oh man they're teaming up, man, this is great. And they, they eliminate the Hulk in, in this in this uh, or at least get him out of the, if it's if it's a elimination match, they'd eliminate Hulk first for teaming up.
1: Wait What's a second. Don't you, you realize this is Hulk's time to actually do something that somebody else does? Hulk out. And he starts getting pissed and more angry and angry in the ring. And he's shaking the entire ring, not just the ropes or nothing. And he double clotheslines and he knocks them both out. And he pins them at the same time and Hulk leaves. So Hulk knocks out He-Man and Superman and wins after he hulks out in the ring.
0: You are a terrible wrestling booker, man. <laughs>
1: I had to do it. I, I had to do it quick. I had to do it. So Hulk wins. he
0: man man have had the, you know, they get their ass kicked for a little while, and then they start building momentum, and then they both just knock the hell out of the Hulk.
1: Oh, and dirty double teamers. I knew He-Man was crooked. I knew it all along. He turns bad and he has to double team the Hulk. That's terrible. Yeah. You have to you have to double team somebody to knock out the Hulk. But okay, well, thanks for that, JSP. That was a fun little one. Um let me see what Adam Gabbard said. Joe, I like your Jason Voorhees figures representing Friday the Thirteenth. How many Part Sevens you have, Joe? And how many you have of mine for or Freddy versus Jason? Uh, Oh God, I know in back of me. I I I can't remember how many Part Sevens they did. I don't own all of the figures they've made so far, Adam. They've they made too many Friday the Thirteenth figures, so I don't own them all. So I don't know how many of those I have or the Freddy versus Jason. I do like the Freddy versus Jason statue that's in back of me. That was kind of like one of you know my favorites, but uh. I don't know how many I have, but um... Okay, what did JSP, let me see what JSP said. He-Man and Superman both get the pin on the Hulk. He-Man gets the pin on the Hulk. Damn it, Tyler beat me to it. Oh, okay, well, there you go. Okay, well, he pretty much uh, was going to say what you said, so there you go. (laughs) But, all right, well, there's the questions and stuff from the chat room. So, um, again, thank you for participating and, you know, joining us and all the, you know, questions, comments. But, uh, Tyler, before we wrap it up, is there any closing uh, remarks you got or anything you want to tell fans to do check out or anything like that?
0: Yes. Um, I wanted to let everyone know that um, the PowerCon exclusives of Jitsu, or and Driella Montork are they're currently on sale right now, um, and they will go off sale on May 13th. And it's been announced there will be no extensions, whereas we've been fortunate with Super 7, where they, they want to you know, maximize and, and, and try and get the best numbers, where they've told us there's a cutoff date. It gets delayed about a week or two it's been said that there will be no extension that once they reach their minimum or get to that date or or once they reached whatever they've got at that date, whether if it's the minimum or way past it or whatever the case may be, that's it. There, there won't be, we'll give it another week. We'll give it another two weeks. We'll give it till next month. Um, that won't be the case. So May 13th, it's on a Sunday will be the last day to purchase one, two, or all three of the PowerCon exclusives, and that um, also uh, they Brian Flynn posted I think earlier I think last week or something like that that they're at at uh, you know uh, over overseas overlooking production on the next wave of classic figures to ensure that the quality issues that we've or that I didn't have but others have had with the first batch don't happen again and that we can get them a lot sooner, probably, you know, as more on time as opposed to this first batch. So just want to let everyone know things are supposed to be looking better. And you got to the 13th. I'm going to get mine as well. I had every intention of buying my three PowerCon exclusives today, but I got kind of distracted, but I'm going to buy all three. So I want everyone to know, you know, get yours as well, whether it's just one, two, or all three. But um, we've got less, less than a month okay because you said may 13th correct yes may 13th it's on a sunday
1: okay and the uh when you said uh Brian was at the factories did did he specify in particular like what they were wanting to try to fix or correct us you know we've Heard different things from fans. Some were upset with maybe some of the paint apps, or they thought the plastic looked glossy on some things. Like, was there anything specific that he was looking for? Or was he they, they just basically looking into uh, all the issues? It was
0: a pretty kind of it was a broad statement. I think it was just to let everyone look. where, are we're, we're you know because the the pre-orders for Wave Two they ended what back in February, I think.
1: I honestly can't remember when they ended. I so, I'll be honest.
0: I there, but. Just to you know, we're trying to go and let everyone know in advance. We're trying to keep what happened the first time because there was issues with what, you know, uh, triclops and I think uh, lodar and and, and and a few other small things that they're trying to knock it out in advance. So that way, you know, it, it just kind of helps give people good peace of mind that they're they're trying to make sure these issues don't happen again. And if they do, they catch them early. And hopefully can avoid, you know, a lot of excessive delays and things like that, We that we would get these a lot sooner. But,
1: okay, um, and also, uh, when's the, uh, like, for the con itself, when do uh, tickets, those already started, is, I mean...
0: Yes, Power, Power Con tickets are, I think they're on sale, God, I thought they were now.
1: Yeah, because I, th- I, I thought they were, I just didn't know, like, when those end, like, the sales for the tickets themselves yeah, or the uh, passes.
0: Yeah, that one I I I don't have the information on me at the moment, but I'm, I'm fairly certain you can start getting your tickets and passes for PowerCon because I mean the the Super Seven PowerCon exclusives are up for right now. I'm I, I'm I'd like to say I'm about a hundred percent sure that you can get your tickets for that as well. So if you plan to go to PowerCon, you can start getting your passes for that as well as the as the three exclusives. If you plan to buy you know any of those. So that way you can kind of get it all together. If you're going to go, you get your tickets, you can pick them up when you get there. And if you're not, you can still purchase all three of the of the exclusives um, on Super 7's uh, website as well, which I'll be doing that in the coming.
1: Oh, Even JSP just mentioned, he said that uh, the passes are on sale now, he said, but the Power Passes, which are the VIP ones, he said sold out. So, well, there, I guess those sold out okay. then.
0: There you go. uh, Thank you uh, for for clarifying that as well. So obviously this is going very well. So if you plan to go, it should be a very big turnout. It continues to keep getting bigger and bigger. And if you're going to go jump on it, you know, and hopefully I'll be there next year permitting that the, the convention is a little bit earlier in the summer to where I can get out of work and not have to worry about, you know, getting someone to cover for me so I can go out to California for more than a day, which is about all I could do. And, to try and make it out there and spend all that money for just 24 hours. I I, I couldn't do it and get back to work on time.
1: All right. Well, that's, but hopefully, yeah, like you said, you'll be able to make it there one time. I also was going to say, uh, uh, J- J- uh Zentron, Z- I know you encouraged one time. You said, Hey, maybe the fans can start giving movie quotes, even though you're still going to do yours at the end, but Zentron has a movie quote. What is a chafing, di- uh, chafing dish? Wait, what? What's, what is a chafing dish? That's his movie quote.
0: That one, I don't know. I don't know that one right off. I, God, I, I don't either. Zentron's sem- going to
1: have to... Hmm. What, he said, what is a what is a chafing dish? Yes, what is it? Damn, no I, uh, Zent, well Zentron, you got me. You got Tyler, so you have to post that and... I'll be curious to see what it is. But, uh, all right, well, let me say, what well, again, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Hope you're here next week. And, like, again, if you have any questions next week, you shoot them at us. And uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Now I'm going to say what I always say. Go to fansofpower.com. Go to popculturenetwork.com. Go to he And on Facebook, go to Masters of the Universe. He-Man is your ultimate fan group. All great places, all great people. So until next time, have a powerful day.
0: But if the forces of evil should rise again, to cast a shadow on the heart of the city, call me.
1: That's right, us that Batman, baby. I there. I knew that. I, I finally got something. And also, Zentron said it was from Hot Shots. How the hell?
0: What part in Hot Shots? I, I, I love Hot Shots. Got over twenty years. I've seen the second one more than the first one. So yeah, but, that's he, Claire, he. He got got one from Hot Shots, but I no, I haven't seen Hot Shots since I was little.
1: Damn, that's yeah. I, God, it's been so long. I mean, I, I remember seeing Hot Shots I love Shots And I remember the second one, I know they kind of like uh started off where it was like mocking Rambo or something, I think, wasn't it?
0: A Rambo based against and something like that, which is why I watched that one a bit more as a kid because of Rambo.
1: All right, so okay. Well, there you, you got you stumped this Zentron, so that's pretty cool. So, all right, guys, see you next week. All right.